Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. I mean, it's lying. They're lying. You know, like they're lying. Everybody's lying. You just, you know, this is really the time of the year that you as a general manager, you as a consumer of the NFL, have to measure twice before you believe anything. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. And Michael, we are not in the off season. We are now in lying season, as we have dubbed it here on the GM Shuffle, baby. I mean, the NFL news cycle keeps rolling, and we're starting to get some breadcrumbs as we start to get into the player acquisition months of the season. Oh, it's the best time of the year. It's the most uh, wonderful time. I mean, everybody can say whatever they want. Everybody's lying. I, I love my be- my best one was when Luke Getzey came to the Raiders and just was wowed by Aiden O'Connell's t- uh, tape. I was like, really? Like, you're selling that? You're going to sell that? I mean, look, I hope Aiden O'Connell turns out to be a great player. Mm-hmm. I really do. He's a great kid. But you you ain't saying that. You're lying if you're saying that, right? You're coming in saying, oh, boy. You know, I need a quarterback. And so it's just kind of the tenor of the offseason. It's like it's not as bad as Adam Silver saying we're going to emphasize this all-star game and play harder and do all these things, you know. And they got the line to move from, what, 358 down to 320, 349 or something. And then, of course, it you know, one team almost scored two. What it? Was it 211 to 186 or something? Yeah. 211. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it's a joke. There was, it is a joke. There was so almost anyway, 400 points scored. <laughs> I mean, it's lying. They're lying. You know, like they're lying. Everybody's lying. I, I, the one 
you know, that it's out there. You know, you hear it all the time. Bears asking for historic hall. They won't move. You know, they like neighbors maybe better than Harrison. They love J.J. They love J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix as much as Caleb Williams. So you just, you know, this is really the time of the year that you as a general manager, you as a consumer of the NFL, have to measure twice before you believe anything. Yeah, I think that's really good advice for anybody who's listening to the podcast for any sort of thing, whether it's work, relationship, whatever, and also for some people in the NFL who might be listening to the podcast. A good thing to always keep in mind there. But I think before we get into the lying season, because we have a list of lies that we've already heard, and we're like, oh yeah, I'm keeping them. We're we're, we're like what nine days, eight days into the off season here. But before I I did want to set the table though, just for send us if you hear lies. I mean, we should encourage the audience too if they hear lies, just send them to us, please. We're keeping track of it. Yeah, tweet at us, you know, at M Lombardi NFL, at Femi Abebefe. Tweet at us. We'll go ahead and add it to the rundown as we continue to keep track of this and build up the ledger over the course of this offseason here. But did want to inform people, though, our, our, our listening and viewing audience there. For listening, it's not going to really affect you guys if you're listening in podcast form. The viewing audience, though, on DraftKings Network, we are going to go back down to two segments, as we typically do this time of the year, instead of the full four segments for the full hour. Anything that spills over after those two segments, though, will be, obviously, in the podcast form. So if it cuts off there, if you're watching on DKN on the DraftKings Network, make sure you also check us out in podcast form as well if you want the full version of the GM Shuffle here. Just because, hey, we're just going to go down to a 30-minute show versus the hour show since it's uh, less stuff going on this time of year. But as we say, we're keeping track of all the lies and what's going to come up here this NFL season as we will break down the calendar, the dates that you need to know throughout this offseason. But let's get to those lies here, Michael. Let's talk about what we've been hearing already eight days into the offseason. The first one. Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, loves, <laughs> loves Justin Fields. And you already see the betting market shaped that way. At our show sponsor, DraftKings, yeah. Justin Fields' next team, the Steelers are the favorite. Is this a fact or fiction, Mike Tomlin's uh, affinity for Justin Fields? I, I don't know if that's actually true or not. Here's what I do know is I don't – this Kirk Cousins to the Steelers, which is also one lying season. I think we mm-hmm. have that down the list. Yeah. I don't think the Steelers are in a position to financially pay Kirk Cousins. Like he, What I don't think people understand when they throw these rumors around is they, they don't understand there's two things every player has, his ability and his cap number. And so if you say to, let's say you say to Kirk Cousins, we want you in Pittsburgh. Well, you're giving him the starting quarterback job, and that money that you pay him is starting quarterback money, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Pittsburgh's of the mindset to give away the starting job. I'm not saying they love Kenny Pickett. I'm not saying they're going to stay with Kenny Pickett. But what I'm saying is they're going to sign Mason Rudolph. They're going to sign they, – they already have Pickett on the roster – And if they could add another quarterback to the team, whether it's Tannehill to compete or be the second string or the third string, they may do that. But it's going to be an economical deal. It's not going to be we're going to overpay. Fields makes sense in that regard because you can trade for Fields without promising anything, right? But the problem here is you would never give up a high pick for Fields if you don't think you're going to extend his fifth-year option. Follow me? Yep. So there lies the rub. He may love him, but does he love him enough to pay what the what the another lying season is? The the Bears could get a first or a second for Fields. That's another one that was in lying season. Okay. 
you're not paying a first-round pick for the guy unless you're guaranteeing him the starting job and you're going to pick up his fifth-year option. You're just not. Why would you do that? You know, he's on the books for next year at, at money, but you, you know, you're not giving away a first-round pick for a one-year deal. So there, you got to attach the, 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 the premise, whatever the statement is, to what the contract could be. And in this case, I don't see it. Now, if they, if they, if they could get fields for a fourth-rounder, sure, why not do it, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Because if he plays a little bit, you're going to extend him. If he doesn't play, you may get his compensatory rights, and, and he may pick up, you may pick up a pick for him. But what is the value if you give up a one? You, you're saying he's my starter. Do you think Pittsburgh's ready to say that? Yeah, I think they want someone to come in and compete. I mean, they want Kenny Pickett to compete with Mason Rudolph is what Pittsburgh is saying. And the, de- right. the, the deadline for the fifth-year option, in years past, last year it was May 2nd. I would imagine it's around that time as well. It's like early May for when teams have to decide whether they want to pick up that fifth year there, which is the big thing with Justin Fields that you've talked about. Like, they're not going to go ahead and give anything up uh, if, if they're going to go ahead. It's May 6th is what you said, Elliot? Is that where we're at? May 2nd. May 2nd will be the deadline for the fifth-year option. So you got you got a few They're months gonna, at least to Who's going to pick it up? The Bears aren't even going to pick it up. The Bears don't want to pick it up. I mean, you know, when you pick it up, it's guaranteed. So, I mean, why would you pick it up? It's guaranteed for skill. I mean, for injury. You know, and so, like, if he goes out and gets hurt, you're on the hook. They're not picking that up. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest fallacies if you go through it, and, and I need to do this, is – is all these these fifth year options are not getting picked up. That's mm-hmm. why second round picks have become more valuable than even first round picks because you're not picking up. You're not get everybody. Says, well, we got to get back in the first round to get that fifth year. Nobody wants it. Who wants it? Now, there's some players you want it for. Justin Jefferson, you want it for, right? Yeah. You don't want it for Jalen Rigger, but you wanted it for Justin Jefferson, right? You know, you know what I'm saying. So it goes back and forth based on the level. I think this is a hard one. Nobody's picking up the fifth year on fields. I mean, I'm sure the, 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 the boys of the worldwide leader will pick it up, but they, nobody else will. So for Fields, if they're not going to pick up the fifth-year option, that obviously decreases the value that Chicago can get despite wanting the historic haul. It decreases the value that Chicago would be able to get here. Do you well, see them end up parting with him for like a day three pick or is it a day two pick, like a third rounder? What are we – I guess what's the range? What's the ballpark here? I don't think they – you know, I, I think to me – I think it's this is a if I were a GM in the league, I would be in a wait and see mode on this. Like if I if I were Atlanta, and if they had an interest, and who knows if they do, mm-hmm. I, I would sit there and wait. I mean, unless somebody comes in your building and says, "Yeah, he can be our starter." Yeah, I've seen him. I worked with him. I know the kid. I know him really well. I mean, Luke Getzey went out of his way to endorse Aiden O'Connell. I mean, you know, and then of course he gave a bunch of superlatives about about Fields, which everybody ran to and believed. Like, do you really think Getsy's going to say a bad word about Fields to anybody publicly? Of course not. This is what cracks me up, is we take public comments as if they're gospel. That's why we're in lion season. You know, so I don't know. I mean, look, Schefter reported that that there's a one and a two. We had uh, Tom Pellicero on, on the show and... And, you know, he kind of didn't dispute it, but he didn't believe it either, right? And mm-hmm. so, for me, I, I have a – you can't give up a one if you're not willing to pick up the fifth year. And for yeah. me, I don't see anybody picking up the fifth year, but you never say never. Yeah, maybe there's a, a suitor out there. All it takes is one team to go ahead and fall in love, I guess, uh, out there in terms of the value for Justin Fields. Moving on with some other lies that we've already heard. 
This one was kind of being bandied about a little bit mid-season point. Now it's starting to bubble back to the surface, and this is with Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams going potentially to the New York Jets and reuniting with his buddy Aaron Rodgers here. Why did this make the lying season list here? Are we supposed to believe this? Could this happen? Could the Raiders maybe want Devontae Adams out to go ahead and recoup some draft capital? Is this something that might come to fruition later on this offseason? I think to me, and listening to people that have interviewed there talking about the team, if you're the Raiders, right, and you sit there and you say, what assets do I have and what could I part with? Well, I mean, Devontae's due to make $16.98 million. He's got – that's all guaranteed, right? And you could tr- – he brings some value to the team. Now, do you think this team's ready to win right now? You no. know, I mean, I know Antonio Pierce thinks it is, but do you really think – I don't think it is. So – and I believe that – there should be some interest in moving him because he does have significant value. And, and if the Jets are will look, the Jets are still being run by Rodgers. We know that. Now, they're trying to clean things up with inside the building. But, you, you know, I mean, they're, Robert's going to – the greatest coach in history of all time is going to try to exert his leadership and take over the franchise and take it back. Take over your but cell phone, too. I, I think the Adams one – I don't think the Adams one qualifies for lying season. I think there's validity to it. I really do. I think it's going to be something worth monitoring. And I do think it, it would be the Jets if the price is right and they could recoup some value from it. Look, if they don't get a quarterback in, in, in Las Vegas, do you think Adams wants to be there? No. He's not going to want to hang around for that. He has three years, $67.7 million left on his contract. The cap hit right now, $25.3 million. In 2025, I'm sure they would obviously restructure some stuff there. He's age 32 right now, would be 33 in 2025. That cap hit is $44.1 million. Like That's obviously going to get restructured. Nobody's carrying that for a receiver at that age. But do the Jets have the cap space to go ahead and do that? I mean, I know the Rodgers restructured some stuff, took the pay cut and all that stuff. But they still have guys on their sauce gardener that they're going to want to pay other guys that they have big deals coming up can they afford Devonte adams or are they just all in for this year with rogers well i i don't think we get back to this when we come back i don't think people realize that the jets were the the number two spending team last year in the league they spent a ton of money for that team so they're going to spend if they have to yeah and, and i guess everything is tied to this all-in rogers mentality here that they've got going on and we'll see if maybe they go ahead and add one of his old friends from green bay maybe they add another one people people talk about david bakhtiari potentially going there we'll break it all down next year on the gm show The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, as we were heading to break, Michael, you were mentioning how the Jets were in the top two of spending this past season here. Does that indicate in your eyes that this is a team that could be motivated to add even more, uh, despite the fact that they could be up against it with the salary cap here in a couple of years? Well, I, I think they're in a sunk cost fallacy, right? I think that they've spent so much money that they've got to keep spending. I mean, when you break down the, the money spent over the last uh, five years, Cleveland has been the number one team in spending from 2019 to 2023. You know, they were one of the top spending teams. Last year, the five top spending teams were Cleveland, the Jets, Houston, Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, and the Giants. I mean, those teams spent money, you know, and the least spending teams last year were the, the, the Rams, the Patriots, Washington, Tampa, Green Bay, Detroit. You know, and so, look, spending doesn't really equate to winning. Uh, good decisions equate to winning. I mean, over the, the past 10 years, from 2014 to 2023, the Patriots ranked 32nd in cash spending. In 2014 to 23, what did they win? They won three Super Bowls. So it, it doesn't equate to it doesn't equate to you're going to win. You know, Buffalo, the prior two years, have been have been uh, you know the highest highest spending teams in the league. So, but I think with with Rodgers, I think with Rodgers, they're clearly all in on spending. I mean, you know, now New England says they're going to spend. Well, they were they have thirty second over the last ten years. They're thirty first over the last five years in spending. So, you know, but you know, people hear spending and they think that's you know that's a that's being cheap or not being cheap. I think it's really a reflection of making good decisions. You know, Green Bay's got a really good young team. And when you have a good young team, you don't spend as much cash as when you have an older team or when you have a quarterback. So, you know, if you have a quarterback, you, you sometimes you got to you don't spend because he's got a good young quarterback. So I'm not saying that as a negative towards anybody, but as a positive towards sometimes overspending like the Jets did gets you in trouble which could put them in a problem trying to sign Devontae Adams. Well, would you say it's fair to say that spending equals urgency? Like the teams who have been spending are the ones who are urgent yeah. and saying, hey, we got to win. Like the coaches tend to be on the hot seat because the owners say, we've given you the resources, go out there and put a winning product on the field. Right. I mean, look, nobody would have nobody would have guessed last year that Houston was the third most spending team in the league. Nobody would have guessed that because you think they're a young team, but they've spent a lot of money, Right. They've spent a lot of money. But, you know, like last year, 2022-23, Cleveland-Buffalo. Cleveland wasted a lot of money. The Jets were one of the highest spending teams that year. New Orleans buffed Miami. Miami, because they did the Tyreek Hill deal, they made trades. You know, you're going to spend money. I mean, spending money is not a bad thing, but spending – I think there's a difference between being cheap and being, and being uh, 
Measured. Thrifty, right? Yeah. I mean, measured, yeah. Measured, exactly. Thank you. You know, and I think there's a difference. You, you don't want to overspend. The worst thing you can do in free agency is overspend for players. You know, look, Baltimore's two best defensive players, they signed off the street in, in August, or one in August, one in September. So, you know, it's that when you're in that, we got to have it player, got to have that guy, got to have that guy, got to have that guy, you're probably going to overspend, and that's never going to be good. Yeah, you don't want to pay the top of the market there. And sometimes that's what happens to some of these teams, like the New York Jets, who are – the clock is ticking. On Like, like we've made the jokes about Robert Sala and ticking. all that stuff, I mean, the clock is ticking. Buffalo's clock's t- – <laughs> Buffalo's clock's ticking too. Yeah, I mean Buffalo. The last four years, last five years, they've been in the top uh, four of spending. I mean, and McDermott's fired coordinators. You know, there's been changes. The this, the clock's up. They either got to win now, and I don't know if they have. They spent a lot of money on older players. Like I think their window. Mm-hmm. I read today. Well, you know, they got to count on Von Miller bouncing back. Really? In twenty twenty four. They can't cut. Have you seen that contract? Oh my nice. God! How's he going to bounce back? It's a horrible contract. Yeah, that's that's not a spot you want to be in right now in 2024, needing Von Miller to bounce back. Uh, the last two for lying season, we can group them together here, but this has to do with the NFL draft. A couple of quarterbacks who maybe outside Twitter voices are not as high on, but maybe the NFL might be a little bit higher on. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, Bo Nix out of Oregon. Those stocks appear to be a little bit hotter within league circles. Yeah. Is that lying season or is that a uh, fact here? I think that's come. I think that's really of a conversation. I think there's some people in the league that want to do more work on those guys. There's there's intrigue and Harbaugh. I don't think was throwing out superlatives about JJ if he didn't mean it. So I think there's more to it that meets the eye, and I think you got to peel that back a little bit and take a look at it and see. You know, like look, you know, it, it doesn't matter where we pick them. It matters how they play, and we get so caught up in this notion of like this guy is the best receiver. You know, I'm told reliably that Harrison in some buildings isn't the number one receiver. We said this on the show yesterday mm-hmm. that the kid from the neighbor's kid from LSU and the kid from Washington, who I have a hard time saying is Rome. R- Rome, know, Rome Dunze. They actually think uh, they actually have him. Some teams have him higher than Harrison. Now, whether that is that lying season, we don't know. Now you're never going to convince the draft Knicks of that, but they don't really know either. Yeah, and so I think you got to be really careful here about what you're hearing, about who's moving up draft boards, who's not moving up. The NFL is now partly we're entering lying season, but we're also entering the season of where the people that understand the league, we're going to do a seminar on the Daily Coach on Thursday, and people are welcome to join it. It's 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 open. You just go to the Daily Coach, the the Daily Coach dot uh, the the Daily dot Coach and. We're going to talk about the grading systems. We're going to talk about grading players and how to grade. And a lot of it, and most of the conversation is going to center on what what the player can do for the team, understanding what you want in a player. That's a hard thing to – most teams just – most people that are draft Knicks are just scouting for no one. They're scouting for mm-hmm. the universe for, where yeah. you have to scout for a specific need. You know, it always comes down to who do we want to be? That's the fundamental question about personnel. Who, what kind of team do we want to be? Want to be a fat team, skinny team, big team, little team? Who do we want to be? That's why when Pierce is talking about the Raider way, he never mentions who he wants to be. He talks about all this character and toughness stuff when he never mentions size and speed and uh, dominating both lines and, you know, having vertical, having 
over route receivers that can separate from people. That's who the that's that's what the Raider way is, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, who that's who they want to be. Yeah. So I think to me that that's part of this whole conversation is who do we want to be and. The, the draft Knicks, they got their gig to do, but they don't really know which each team. It's hard to know which each team wants. If you can't fit the player to the scheme, you, you're not going to be a very good scout. Yeah, which is why oftentimes you see, like, the, the misses and the hits, and it's like, oh, I missed on this guy. It's like, well, you were thinking about him just from, like, a general standpoint versus how he would fit at a specific team. And it's, like, not everybody's a fit for every team. Well, like, let's, let's take Nolan Smith. Let's take Nolan Smith, for example, the, 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 mm-hmm. San, the kid who's a first-round pick of the Eagles, right? Yep. He can't play he, – he's got to play da- – there's no Sam linebacker anymore in the National Football League. It doesn't exist, right? There's no end-of-the-line Sam. The Carl Banks is the guys that can play at the end, dominate a tight end, drop into coverage. We don't have that position anymore. So he's not that. So he can't play there. He's got to play down. And if he's down in a nickel front, then people can run the ball at him because he's now going against a tackle who is bigger than he is and can push him around – can he be a sub player on third down? Okay, yeah, maybe he can, and maybe he can be an impactful guy. But can he actually, you know, can can we get him there? Can he power the tackle back? Can we do – see, there's so many different things to it. And the positions that, that evaporate from the system, if the scouts don't understand that, you know, it's like, well, we just can't make everybody a nickel rusher. We just have a team of nickel rushers. Yeah. No, it's. I think that's a really good way to look at it. There, it's like there has to be the fit that works for each and every team. There, it can't just be looking at the guy and just say, "Hey, plug him for all 32. Uh, we do have a big date no, that's like coming. Like when up. you watch when you watch the Niners, right? You watch yep. the Niners. Debo, everybody loves Debo, but Debo's really an inside receiver. Debo and Kelsey have more in common than Kelsey and Gronk have in common. Now, I know that sounds mm-hmm. completely foreign to people that 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 watch the game, but Kelsey. And Debo are inside receivers, okay? You call Kelsey a tight end. We called, we called Debo a wide receiver. But they essentially function within the numbers. That's where they make it. Gronk's an on-the-line wide. Gronk and Kelsey are as different as San Francisco is to Miami. They're, they're that far apart. They both call themselves tight end, but they really don't play the same position. Gronk's an over-route, separator, He's, you know, he's going to run down the field seams. He's going to block at the point of attack. Those are the routes he runs, whereas Kelsey is going to be effective on third down. He's a wide receiver inside. And so if you don't know how all these fit within the scheme of your team, it's really hard to un- or how your coach wants to do it. That's why Ayuk on the outside is as important to the 49er scheme as anybody because you've got to defend the width of the field. There's been talks about Ayuk maybe – they're trying to figure out what they should do with him, whether to give him a contract or trade. Anything you're hearing on this Ayuk front here? I've seen a lot of Bay Area people talking about what they're going to do with Brandon Ayuk. Well, I think I think they realize how valuable he is to their team. I think Kyle does certainly, you know. And I think to me, they got to figure it out. Look, they got two more years of a low cap number. They're going to have to move some pieces around, but they're they're fairly smart and shrewd. I, I think they'll be able to do that. You know, the Super Bowl. When you go back and watch them, I was critical of them in Blitz Zero. But I thought that when you watch the tape, it was more mental errors than it was anything, especially the last play, the third down play. I mean, the guy that let him down was Kittle. I mean, Kittle really, you know, when you I, – I didn't understand where he was. That's one of his worst games I've seen him play from a mental standpoint, from a physical – he couldn't separate. He couldn't get open. I don't know if he's hurt or not. And then he missed the protection on the third down play. The ball should have gone to McCaffrey, and he, sli- and he was in the wrong spot. He didn't slide over to pick up 
to pick up McDuffie coming across. So, you know, those are the little things that cause you to lose. And, you know, that's a game where when they watch that tape, Kittle will really let them down. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people would have expected that. George Kittle, first team all pro tight end. And hey, but sometimes in, in those games, it's it's one within the margins and those little things end up adding up to the big thing, ultimately the result of the game. Uh, before we go here on the DraftKings Network, we do have a lot of big dates that we have to outline you guys for the NFL offseason. Starting tomorrow, franchise tag window opens and we'll get into some of the franchise tag candidates in the next segment here for our podcast audience. But at the DK Network franchise tag from February 20th to March 5th and then the scout combine February 27th in Indianapolis until March 4th. That's where we'll get all the athletic testing numbers, the medical information on all these draft prospects. And then the new league year begins. Happy New Year, March 13th, free agency, and all the moving and shaking starts to begin the transactions in the National Football League. Workouts begin April 1st for these teams there with new head coaches. All the teams will report April 15th, and then the NFL draft April 25th. Almost two months away from the NFL draft in Detroit, Michigan, the three-day bonanza. And that will be the offseason for the National Football League. We'll talk more on the other side in podcast form. But for DK Network, we'll see you guys next week. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, there are some big candidates once the franchise tag window opens tomorrow who could get the tag guys who are pending free agents. Josh Allen of the Jaguars. Trent Baalke already came out and said that they're likely going to tag him for a second consecutive year. He's coming off a pretty big season there. Saquon Barkley for the Giants. We all remember the running back summit that took place on Zoom last year. Barkley and Josh Jacobs both candidates to maybe get the tag or head into unrestricted free agency. Brian Burns for the Panthers, Kyle Duggar of the Patriots, T Higgins for the Bengals. That's an interesting one there at wide receiver. Obviously, Chamar Chase, his pending contract negotiations, he's eligible for an extension uh, this offseason. We'll see what they do with T Higgins. Jalen Johnson for the Bears at corner. Justin Matabike for the Ravens had a great year at defensive tackle. Mayfield for the Bucks, who I'm assuming they're going to go ahead and resign, but we'll see what happens there. Kyle, uh, sorry, Michael Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts, a wide receiver Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins, and then Antoine Winfield for the Buccaneers, who end up making the all-pro team here. Uh, the running backs, I think, are interesting. Are we going to do this whole dance again this year, or are they all going to unrestricted free agency? I mean, I, I would assume the Giants probably try to keep the Barkley. He wore a jersey to the Rangers game the other night. You know, I mean, I think Higgins is definitely not going anywhere. The Bengals have almost $60 million of cap room uh, going into the offseason, so you know they're going to try to keep him. And they're going to franchise him as they can. Uh, I think the interesting one is Wilkins at Miami. They have no cap room. They're going to have to do a lot of restructuring. They still have to sign Tua. It's a hard to find good defensive linemen in the open market, especially ones that can rush the passer and play the run like he could. You know, so I, I think, look, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of teams that have the cap room to do some things. There are some teams that don't have any cap room. You know, that, that are struggling. I, I saw the Baker Mayfield. I love this one. You know, the Patriots could be interested in Mayfield because this well, this could qualify for Lions season two or maybe aggregate season. Elliot said this to us in the break <laughs> that 
you know, some of these people are just putting stuff out there. There's no truth to it. Well, the Patriots could be interested in Mayfield because Elliot Wolf's now in charge of personnel when he was in Cleveland with John Dorsey when they drafted him, and so was Alex Van Pelt, and there was another link. Like, stop. Stop. Like, if you're going to sign Baker, you're saying you're giving him the starting quarterback job because that's what Tampa has on the table. Do you think anybody else in the league is going to say, Baker, you're my starting quarterback. Here's the money. Like, that's just all just trying to drive a price up. How stupid do you have to be? Like, okay, New England has this third pick in the draft. They have a chance to get a quarterback. You know, if they're going to go for a cheap quarterback, they could sign the, they can get into the Jacoby Brissett era, Mm -hmm. do that, right? You know, or they could go after Russell Wilson, somebody on cheap where Wilson's still getting paid by Denver. It's like ridiculous. Like, Denver's going to restructure. We've heard this one, too. Denver's going to try to restructure. They've been trying to restructure Russell Wilson. Why would Russell give up his guarantees? Like, he didn't take stupid pills. Like, he's got guaranteed money. Why would he give it up? Yeah, and that was the whole crux of the discussion during the season. And then they ultimately benched him because they were trying to get him to restructure. He said, no, kick rocks, which is what he should say. Yeah, (laughs) why wouldn't he? I would tell him to kick rocks, too. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense there on the Russell Wilson front as it pertains to Denver at least. But uh, hey, we'll f- we'll figure out what happens. I mean, the, we we got the report. Jordan Schultz, our buddy who joins us on on Veasan at times, he, he said that the the self imposed deadline from the Buccaneers of coming to a long term extension with Mike Evans is today, and if they can't get something done. Mike Evans will likely head to unrestricted free agency. Uh, I'm sure people will go ahead and say, hey, maybe the Carolina Panthers, since he worked with Dave Canales, who knows what happens with Mike Evans. I would imagine he wants to go somewhere where he can win immediately since he's uh, getting up there right now in those years. But it's going to be fascinating to see We all say that, but they want to get paid. We, we yeah. all say that they want to get paid. That's I mean, true. pay it. Look, when Devontae Adams went to the Raiders, were they going to win immediately? I don't know. I mean, you know, but he got paid. That's fair. That's fair. And which I also say, hey, you know what? We're all trying to get somewhere where we get paid, man. <laughs> that's that's part of life. We all got bills, don't we? Uh, but that's the NFL franchise tag news, which will open again once again coming up tomorrow all the way till March 5th will be the deadline before guys enter unrestricted free agency. We haven't gotten a chance to touch on this here, but I wanted to do it, though, since this is kind of the final pod to do it. The Niners parting ways with Steve Wilkes at defensive coordinator. Yeah. A, a lot of people were flabbergasted or upset. They thought Wilkes was done dirty, given the fact that he was a defensive coordinator of a team that made it to the Super Bowl. But I remember us talking all throughout the postseason, and we were saying, hey, this Niners defense, what's going on? So I guess on one hand, it's surprising to see a Super Bowl participant part ways with a coordinator. But on the other hand, you watch what happens in the playoffs, Super Bowl was standing, and it's like, okay. This defense was a weakness for this team in the postseason. You know, I mean, anytime you're the head coach, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And I think I saw this one coming because they just were never, they were never getting better defensively. They were actually getting worse. And I think to me, there were games that you could look at and say, well, they won, but you could see there were holes in the armor. There were chinks in the armor. And that's what a head coach has to do. You know, and I don't know if this was the right marriage between Wilkes and Kyle, but you know, I think when you watch the game tape of the Super Bowl, they were dis- they, they had some miscommunications defensively when they had a blitz. I think the one thing Walsh used to say this all the time is you, your defense has to be able to rush in the fourth quarter. Like everything about the West Coast was predicated on we are going to throw the ball to get the lead, we're going to run the ball to keep the lead, and we're going to have pass rushers that can win the game in the fourth quarter, whether it's Fred Dean, Charles Haley, whomever, right? 
And, you know, they, their pass rush died in the fourth quarter in two Super Bowls. They've given up 21 points, and they gave up, you know, they, they gave up the, the, the final, they gave up 23 plays in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't get a stop. You know, they couldn't really rush. So that's not on Wilkes, but I think that's really on the – so they got it – to me, it's on the philosophy. It's going to be interesting who Kyle hires because I think he needs to hire somebody who's one-third man, one-third zone, one-third – who's got some multiplicity to him, like – Mike McDonald had, you know, where it's not all blitz, it's not all zone. It's a little bit of everything so that when the fourth quarter comes and we need a pressure that we can get off the field with because we can execute it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the key. We, we, we've got to be able to execute and handle it. And, and the only way you get better at, at handling that kind of stuff is to have the do it constantly over and over again. And I think to me, that's that's where when the Niners, when you're a zone team and you go play man, it becomes a real problem. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, if you just look at Bayheim or Don Chaney or, D- or John Chaney at Temple, both two big zone college basketball coaches, they start their thing with they start teaching the zone with man because man becomes zone. And if you can't play man in the fourth quarter of an NFL game, you're going to get beat. You got to be able to throw different pitches, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, especially with the That's offenses right. that you're going to find in the postseason. If you, if you can't be multiple, it's hard to go ahead and get those stops there. So Shanahan uh, goes ahead and parts ways. Here's what he said when he talked to reporters. He said it just ended up not being the right fit where we're going and where we're at with our team from a scheme standpoint and things like that. Looking through it all throughout the year. Through these last few days, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. That's Kyle Shanahan on parting ways with Steve Wilkes. Uh, before we get out of here, though, Michael, this is a fun exercise that we wanted to do here. Uh, our season awards, one. our producer Elliot Bowman went ahead and tallied up all of the awards in terms of what we gave out this season for Fraud of the Week, for Fred Palermo, Best Game Plan of the Week, and On the Lamb. The leaders, I should say, plural, for Fraud of the Week. Cowboys defense, Browns defense, Bills defense, three times you gave them the fraud of the week. Cowboys was week five, week 15 in the wildcard round. Browns week seven, week 13, wildcard round in the Bills, week nine, week 12, and the divisional round. Those were the leaders for fraud of the, fraud of the week here. I guess fraud of the season, those three defensive units. I, I think they became the frauds, right? Everybody thinks yeah. this Cowboy defense is this elite team, and, and, and Micah Parsons is great, and, you know, and Lawrence is still a good player. They lose Diggs, but they're, they're not as good as people think they are. The Browns' defense, I, I don't understand how they played so well at home and then they on the road, but they, they became fraudulent, especially late in the season when they couldn't get stops. And the Bills, I mean, look, the Bills, you know, they're sitting there in western New York right now. They, they they played a game where they controlled the football for 37 minutes, gave the Chiefs the ball for 22, and the Chiefs scored 27. And your defense, and your head coach is a defense coordinator. I mean, that's a problem, right? They had six third downs in that game. You, don't, you think they're not? Yeah. So – you know, and then look, I mean, the Fred Palermo Award winners, right? That's the mm-hmm. multiple, that's for the best game plan. How about this? The Chiefs win it three times all year. They won it in the divisional round, the conference championship, and the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're going to plan, that's the perfect time to plan it, right? Yep. I mean, we gave it to the Cardinals three times because they were competitive. The Texans, you know, week 18 in, in the wild card round, they won it three times. So to me, it's about perfect timing and execution and. And they did it. I mean, you got to give them on that. And then, 
you know, I love this one on the lamb. I mean, I had the Giants on the lambs four times. I had the Falcons three times, although, you know, that, you know, they don't need any help. They're good. And the Broncos early in the season when we figured out that they were bad. Yeah, they ended up turning things around. A, a little bit of an upset for me on the lamb. I would have guessed the Falcons would have been the leaders because it felt like each week I was like, I think the Falcons are on the lamb once again, but it ends up being big blue. The G-men going on the lamb. I mean, the week one <laughs> – the Sunday night game against Dallas. Well, to the start week the one, year. no show. I mean, insane. <laughs> I mean, look, we're, we're we're now we're reading about you know they brought Kafka back, but he had the play calling taken away from. We talked we talked about that during the season. I mean, it was, I mean, we know the head coach is out of control on the sidelines. You could see it. Yeah. You know, there've been reports. Pat Leonard from the Daily News reported. Everybody's been reporting it. I mean, they've got issues there. They've got to get their head coach to act with poise and 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 and. You know, and they've changed the coaching staff, you know, and, and they've made some different things that they do. But, you know, if you don't have poised presence and focus as a head coach on the sideline, then you're going to you're going to you're going to lose your at. I mean, one of the things Walsh used to talk about all the time was, you know, if you're highly emotional, you lose the players. I mean, that's a, That's a fact. You can't. It's like. When you're sitting there screaming about the officials, your players are going to start. They're not going to buy into you. Sounds like a coach in the NBA that was coaching in the All-Star game uh, last night. <laughs> Yelling at officials all the time. Who I didn't see any of it. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not, not particularly in the game. I was watching Oppenheimer. I'm two hours into Oppenheimer. I'm not watching, I'm not watching anybody. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's the biggest joke of all where, where what's-his-face Silver comes out and says we're going to compete and try harder. And they, they they turn around and say, "Hey, Adam, here you go. Here's a here's a here's a 400 point night for you." Yeah, the players pretty much told them fuck off. Is <laughs> what the players told them with that try harder stuff. But hey, it's it's a player run league, and that's what happened out there. Shout out to everybody who slammed the under there. That thing was over like one quarter in. There was 100 points on the board. It's like good good, good luck, buddy. <laughs> but that does it for us here on the GM Shuffle podcast. Thank you to our producer Elliot Bowman as always on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Beeson. We'll be back on Thursday with more. Mike. Enjoy the time off until then. Or it's not time off. You'll be working, but time away until then for the GM Shuffle. And we'll see everybody on Thursday.